Hello, this is Michael. I'm here with Life Cheers, and this is the Casual Heresy Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Like any good Catholic podcast, we're going to start out with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity to spread your word through social media. Um, we ask you to be with us and all those who listen to this as we pray. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, just to introduce the people in the room right now, my name is Michael, as I said before. I am a junior in college in an undisclosed city in Wisconsin, <laughs> and I'm here with Life Cheers. Life Cheers, a.k.a. Spencer. I'm a senior at a college that is similar to Michael's. And I have Life Cheers social media accounts started in 2017, and here we are now. And also in the room with us is our good friend Francis Hessel. He is working on his undisclosed work. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure he will be a guest on the podcast at some point in the future. On the Casual Heresy podcast, we will be discussing all sorts of things, um, mostly listener-submitted topics. Um, anything that you want us to talk about, feel free to send it to us, either on Life Cheers Instagram or via the comments on this YouTube video. So we have some topics that were already submitted to us. And we're going to go through some of those today. Bear with us as we're uh, learning how to do these podcasts. And mm -hmm. I, I'm drinking a can of squirt, so if you hear slurping noises, that's, that's <laughs> why. You weren't slurping loud enough. <laughs> <laughs> now that is some respect. Indeed. First thing we have lined up to discuss is modernizing scripture. Just the words modernizing scripture kind of makes my skin crawl a little bit. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Like, that's not the point. Like, that's not the point of reading scripture. It's not to have modern lingo, you know? It's eternally, like, the same. It's like an objective truth. Yeah. It's not subjective. It's, it's the word of God. So, like, right? Yeah, it's the inspired word of God. Yeah, um, and it's not casually. It, it you know, is. No, yeah, not not casual. Like very formally. I've never read modernized scripture personally. <laughs> I have been present while others are reading modernized scripture, and the only reference that I can personally think of for those who don't know what we're talking about is like they they modernize the wording to make it more um, Protestant. More, yeah. <laughs> no. Wait, was I supposed to say that? <laughs> it's fine though. Make it more like acceptable to modern. It is a pretty Protestant thing. So yeah, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> but nothing like the... against Protestants, but no. Um, um, yeah, but the one the one phrase I remember is instead of the, the Ark of the Covenant, they said the chest of the contract, which <laughs> <laughs> just takes a lot away. And another way that the scripture's been modernized is uh, just taking a couple books out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and they call it a, they, they call it a fix instead of like revenge <laughs> or a revolution. It's not a reformation. <laughs> it's a revolution. So you could say it's a protest. A protest? Protest. Protesting. Yes. <laughs> Casual hairs. Classic. Classic. All right, we're going to talk about uh, Peter uh, being at the tomb before John, obviously. 
right? Because that's that's modern scripture. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I believe that's a, a reference to um, John's gospel, right? They're racing to the tomb on Easter Sunday, and John gets there before Peter, but he waits because Peter's old, and I think he points that out. Um, <laughs> but as we know nowadays, it was clear that Peter made it first before John. Casual heresy. Casual heresy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is this is like a, a reference to the primacy of Peter, right? Yeah. Like papal authority. That's who's more important? Who's more important? Right. I mean, so, everybody's important. Every soul's important. But right. If you were important? if you were racing Pope Francis to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre <laughs> and you got there first, I became more important. <laughs> Yeah, this is now, yeah, so now Spencer's the Pope. Um, <laughs> casual heresy. Classic. Classic. Casual heresy. So if you're the Pope now, then how tall is the Pope? Oh, you tell me. Shorter than me. All right, that's all you need to know, I guess. <laughs> that might be 5'5", five, five. that might be 6'5", we don't know. It might be 3'2". Might be 4'4". 7'6". 7'6". 5'4". 3'2". 1. 0. Boom. Boom. Second coming. Second. <laughs> Casual heresy. Let's just talk about the fact that if Peter were to make it to the tomb before John, then Peter's just like dominating in every category in this like competition. True. He's like three times John's age. He still beat him in a foot race. And one up on every other apostle. Cause mm-hmm. like, like he's like, one he's one up. <laughs> all all Jesus needs to do is like call Peter his favorite apostle and then John has nothing. John has nothing. But, but John is the one whom Jesus loves. Yeah. So, yeah. Although exactly. Jesus, pretty sure Jesus loved Peter, too. Loves yeah. Peter, too. So, But he pointed out that he loves John. This is true. Constantly. So, All the time. It's not that John's his favorite, but, I mean... It's pretty close. He, I mean, he was there at the cross with his mother. Yeah. So. And, and he did, like, he was, like, lying on top of Jesus at the Last Supper. Yeah. So, I mean, you and me, well, we do do that sometimes, but (laughs) not at Mass. And this was taking place like the first Mass, so. (laughs) We should do that sometime. We should lie on top of each other during Mass and see what Father Zach says. Just Just in the hammock. (laughs) (laughs) Or just, we're trying to get the best view, just like the same view as Jesus. So then we're like right next to Father's face. We're We're both like leaning against Father Zach. You can't see us right now, but we're we're both we're leaning against each other. It's it's nice. Mm. Casual hairs. Another little tidbit of information is uh, Michael and I have known each other for a month, just this over a month. Like we've known of each other for a while, but a while as in like a couple of years. But we've only known each other and like had a relationship, a friendship, a brotherhood, a fellowship, hammock time, hammock time, for. A month. Yeah, about a month. Since retreat, yeah. So so far, relationship seems pretty close it's because it is. <laughs> this is true. It's like that meme. I, there was a meme I saw once that was, uh, you should have friends that make your family question your sexual orientation. <laughs> That's how you know you've reached a level of friendship. Or just have society question it. That's too. true. Like, like, my family does not question this. But society does. Exactly. Like, if you see some of the Instagram posts... If you would see some of the full photos instead of the crop photos <laughs> in the hammock, this then is you true. would understand. This is true. <laughs> and that's actually kind of depressing because, like, our, our society is so wrapped up in this idea of, like, uh, sexual orientation and, and things like that, 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 like, you can't have 
really good friends of the same gender without everyone assuming that you're gay. Mm-hmm. Like my roommate and a really good friend of mine, best friend for a long time, Alex, who's also probably going to be a guest on the show. Definitely. <laughs> Possibly more than once. Um, he and I were going shopping for things for our apartment when we were, when we were moving in. And, and every time we asked a store attendant for help, they immediately assumed we were like a gay couple. They just like straight up say it? Or? Well, but they were like, oh, I hope this turns out well. I hope you send us pictures of you guys' just place being more... when, we, when you're done setting it all up. And I'm just like... They're just being a lot more sensitive almost. Exactly. Yeah. They were, they were really nice to us. And then when we went to go buy the string lights for the ceiling, I was just like, nope. This is this is too far. So like Alex asked the guy about the string lights, and I like wandered off through the rest of the store until he bought them because I was like, I would just stay with him and just yeah, <laughs> I should have because you know, them... it's like it's a shame that that I was nervous to be friends with him in public because I thought people would assume we were gay. Yeah, that's a shame, and I think that's a a result of our our society. They call it people being gay, but it's just exactly. homosexual attraction. Exactly. Same sex attractions, but it's not who you are as a person. Right, because your your most important identity is a beloved child of God mm-hmm. above above all else. It's kind of also like right now we're in an election season and people are talking about oh Democrat or Republican or all of that stuff. And it's like, you know, no, you're you're a Christian, you're a Catholic, you know, that's that's your identity. Exactly. Preach. Now I kinda wanna find out which specific heresy it is to would that be a heresy? To assume everyone you meet is sexually like attracted to each other? If yeah. They're, like, I feel like that's got to be a heresy. I mean, it's definitely a lie, and that's distorted. <laughs> true, true. I feel like it's like the definition of a casual heresy, though, because it's not a formal heresy. It's just like lies about the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. There has to be some demonic thing, too. Like, there has to be some like evil spirit. Yeah, just... it's like you meet two people, and you're like, oh, they must be a couple. I know there's a story, um, Father Larry Richards, who yes. is a, he's, he's an epic. He's an epic dude. From Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah, he's, he talked about this time he went on a, on a cruise, a cruise friend of his, and this whole cruise, like this whole two-week, three-week, whatever it was, they're hanging out with this, this young couple, right? And they're going through this, this couple's going to talk to them about all the things they've been doing, and they go into more details than they should because they assume either Larry Richards and his friend are a gay couple because they're not wearing their clerics because they're on a cruise. You know, you wear you wear swimming trunks and a, and a Hawaiian shirt on a cruise, right? Yeah. By the end, they're getting off at the dock, and they come out of their room and they're wearing their clerics, <laughs> and they come meet these these people who are now their friends because they've been hanging out for three straight weeks, and they're like, "Oh, we assumed," <laughs> and they're like, "No, Larry and me are our Catholic priests, Roman Catholic priests," and they were like, "Oh," and they like never talked to them again. <laughs> it was sad because oh. it was like, ugh. How about that, America? Maybe when you see two guys hanging out and you assume they're gay, maybe they're just two priests hanging out who aren't gay. And that just brings up like these like stereotypes about Catholic priests too. Yeah, right. It's always so like exaggerated in our culture and society. Well, let's just make uh, all these things that are bad within the universal church and just explode them well the universal church is a threat but it's not it's like if you dig deep and understand the church you would understand that yeah like sexual abuses are not more common in the church than in any other like schools or yes it's unfortunate it's bad none of it's good 
Right, and, and yes, we're not making excuses for this kind of thing, but like, I, I don't understand the... So when we meet problem. a school teacher, a high school teacher, we don't go, oh, predator, or an abuser, mm-hmm. or something. But when people meet a priest, some people, that's like the first thing they assume. And they, all priests are old people. <laughs> that's just... That's insane. like an unfortunate reality, <laughs> that most priests are old. 70 and older. <laughs> Yeah, it's such a human thing. Sexualized culture. JP two did a lot to combat that, and he called it. He called it. Yeah. He told us that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Look at it. So our next topic is pretty broad. It's, it's correcting God. I don't know who submitted this, so I don't. I don't know the context. I don't remember either. Shout out to the person that did it. So many directions you could go. With it's this. like the definition of heresy. Oh, it is. It's like yeah, like Lord, your your church isn't good enough. We've got to correct it. We've got to fix it. Reformation, Great Schism, Antibaptists, <laughs> Jaredism, Casual Heresy, Casual Heresy of all kinds. So yeah, like correcting God. I think there's lots of ways we correct God. Well, we're well, first off, just like so self-oriented and like self-centered as humans. Like we're told to like do our own thing and like however we feel. Like have yourself at the center. Help others is a good thing people do, but you always come first, no one else. And, like, I can understand, like, people who struggle with, like, self-esteem, self-image, that kind of stuff, and they're praying, and they come across this notion, like we were talking about earlier, you you are a beloved child of God, you know, you are the apple of his eye, all that. They say no. Well, yes. And in a weird way, that is also, like, a form of selfishness. Because, like, again, you're 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 demeaning yourself, but you're, you're thinking of yourself first, mm-hmm. you know? You're like... No, God, that can't possibly be true. Yeah, you're demeaning yourself, even though you don't think you are. Like, exactly. Because you think there's something else better for you. There's a better title, a better identity of yours. And, and I mean, honestly, what could be a better title than beloved son or daughter of the omniscient Lord of the universe? Yeah, the Messiah, Jesus. <laughs> it's like those TikToks that have been going around. It's this girl, she's like, yeah, go ahead and cheat on me. This is my dad. And then she shows a picture of her dad supposed to be scary or not either way but then the best part would be like oh yeah go ahead and hurt me this is my dad and it's god <laughs> let's go it's purgatory for you Casual heresy. a lot of purgatory, a lot of purgatory. <laughs> oh was that you i was talking to who was talking about the fatima supposedly and i i have not studied enough on fatima to know this is true but somebody told me this so if you know the answer please comment below a child who died in the village of Fatima. Oh, Alex was telling me this too. Yeah, yeah. I was I'm say. just like, there's no way, dude. There's no. I, I, I'm skeptical, but it's also possible that like, so this kid died, and they asked Mary what, where he went. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? Yeah. The, but she told him them that he was in purgatory, but that he would be there until the end of time. Yeah. And then he would go to heaven. And I was like, shoot, dang, this kid's already been in purgatory for like a hundred years. And we don't know how much longer there is until the end of time. What did this kid do? And like I said, like maybe I don't know enough about Fatima to know whether this is like a legit thing or whether this is what. But so that's, you talk about being in purgatory for a long time. Imagine being sent there and just being told you have to wait here till the end of time. It could be worse. Yes, it could be. It could be worse. It sounds hell And be told you have to wait here past the end of time. Forever. <laughs> there's no waiting you're there's just no waiting. here right exactly <laughs> this, this is your there. destination you exist here now yeah but like my thought is like how could the child be how could the kid be there be in purgatory for all of time you think people would like pray for the kid and i just then... wonder if he wasn't baptized well you have to be baptized but like wasn't 
practicing. Yeah. You know, either way, like it sounds like this kid's like what ten years old. Yeah. What? Sorry if you're not practicing. Like, wouldn't you just like almost blame it on the parents? Yeah. Like, well, maybe that's why, because maybe he did, like, bad enough things, but then it wasn't his fault. Yeah. At 10 years old, dude, I had no idea. Like, I hadn't even, I had barely made my first confession. I was probably, like, 7 or 8 when I did that, so, like. I don't even know, dude. Yeah. Probably. It's like, it's. First communion and confession. Yeah, and yeah. everyone's, you know, your first confession is like, oh, I, I stole candy from a dish and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> it's not like, it's, and, and that does not, I, I, I hope that does not warrant, you know, purgatory for the end of time. <laughs> That's like... Yeah, as long as we go to confession, I feel like... I feel like, yeah. And I mean, for those of us who went on the retreat uh, a few weekends ago, um, we went to a Jesuit retreat house and drew some roundabout story about St. Ignatius going to Rome to talk to the Pope. Jesuits can now give you an apostolic blessing, which gives you a plenary indulgence. So that was really cool. And so now I'm thinking here, like, the only temporal consequences on my soul are from the last three weeks. <laughs> so if I die today and I get like, still get like, see, that's what I don't know. Like this kid had to like never have gone to confession. I don't know. If I don't know if this, this, this I don't know if this story is legit yeah. at all. Like there's a part of me that feels like this itself is a casual heresy, but I, I don't know. I want to hope it's true because we're talking about it, but I also just don't want it to be true for the kid's sake. Exactly. Same. Like, we should have masses for this kid. If this if this is legit, we should have masses for this kid yeah. all the time. I mean, if we know about this, then I'm sure they've had to have done masses for their kid, you yeah. think. That's why I feel like this isn't legit, because otherwise we would know about this kid. Yeah. Then again, we do know about this kid. <laughs> so well, That makes me think, though, we should have somebody who's... Have you read Faustina's diary yet, at all? I have it. I just haven't opened it. Oh, my God. Sounds I, we should horrible. Have, <laughs> I, I, should, I should get that, too. Because, like, I, I feel like... Divine mercy. Divine mercy. Yeah. There's yeah. no way the kid would be there. <laughs> but th- then again, Our Lady said it. So if this is true, Our Lady said it. Exactly. And if it's not true, then Alex is a casual heretic. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not true, Alex is more than a casual heretic. Alex is a formal heretic. <laughs> he has founded the heresy of Alexism. Oh. Yeah, I couldn't. Oh, Alexism. Alexanderism. Alexanderism? That sounds right. Yeah, but correcting God, man. I don't know if I, like, who would want to do that? Correcting God. I mean, that kind of goes back to, like, modernizing scripture. It's like, Lord, your scriptures aren't good enough. Your word is not good enough. We need to change it so that people can understand or so that it fits our worldview. Or your church isn't good enough. Yeah. I'm going to take what I want. And, like, I know there's a lot of Protestant denominations that have, like, decided that they don't believe that the scriptures, the inspired word. And I'm like, dude, that was the whole point of Protestantism. <laughs> like, what is... Like, they don't need the church, they just need the scriptures. And now they don't even need the scriptures anymore. And what do you have? Heresy. That's like the number one argument for, in favor of, like, gay marriage and all that stuff. It's like, it's like, the St. Paul didn't know what he was talking about. And see, that's where I'm like, that's both modernizing scriptures and correcting God. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, yes, St. Paul did know what he was talking about. If St. Paul didn't know what he was talking about, that means God didn't know what he was talking about exactly. either. It's like, who converted St. Paul? God. And if you don't know what St. Paul went through, you should uh, talk. You should look that up and read about him, because St. Paul the Apostle went through a lot. He went from stoning to murdering... St. Stephen. Yeah. yeah, he murdered St. Stephen in, in the church. He went from killing Christians to being Christian, like having a huge impact. And it's like, I don't know... Who, who decided that that was a good argument, that St. Paul didn't know what he's talking about, but they need to crack open a history book about what life in ancient Rome was like, because pretty darn close to now. 
far as societal norms and things like that. Imagine if some some guy named Paul showed up and started like island hopping in the Caribbean, telling everyone to like abandon their evil ways, and how would this? How would the world react? Like, I don't know. I guess they would kill him. Yeah, well, that's what, true. Which is what they did. What is truth? Everything on the internet, like, there's nothing that like decides it from being. True or false. Everybody's just like assuming they see something and then boom, it's true. No no background information is needed. Mm -hmm. There's no more accuracy. It's just get information out there. True or false doesn't matter. People are just going to interpret it as true. That's how the media is doing it. Like we're doing it ourselves too. We aren't helping matters. Man, this is supposed to be a life cheers podcast. This sounds pretty depressing. You could almost say it's death death tears. tears. (laughs) Life cheers? Nope. 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 Death tears. Need to liven things up a bit. Like, I think we should add some sound effects. I already gargled some squirt, so. (laughs) Jeez. Now we're going to talk about why can't we go on another crusade? Um, And this is, this is Alex. This is Alex's question. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, the reason we haven't had another crusade is because Pope Francis hasn't asked us to. (laughs) Like, Theoretically, if Pope Francis was like, let's go retake the Holy Land, then, then yeah. Yes, we would. I mean, technically, I think, isn't it just, isn't it tied into, like, just war theory? If a pope declares a war a just war, then kind of by default it becomes a crusade. Maybe? I sure. kind of think that's how that works, because I know um, the patriarch of, of the Russian Orthodox Church, who's obviously not in union with the Catholic Church, declared that it was a holy war against the Islamic State. So then for the Russians... That became a crusade. Okay. The uh, Patriarch of Moscow is not. He's not better, more than a bishop, but, you know, patriarchs. We could do a whole podcast on patriarchs in <laughs> Eastern churches. But so, yeah, I don't know how that works. I think we have little cause right now for a crusade, especially especially since, like, the Holy Land was, like, actively given back to the Jews to build a homeland in. Like, if we were to, like, storm in there like gangbusters and try and take back Jerusalem, I don't think that would go well. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no point right now. And, like, if the only scenario I can think of a, a pope in a modern day calling a crusade is, like, if Europe secularizes to the point where there are no, like, Catholic churches anymore, all of those are, like, falling away, then, yeah, maybe the Vatican would be like, come take back Europe. Take it back. Take it back. I want all Catholics, all Christians. Dude, if they did that, that would be nuts. There are, like, a billion Catholics on Earth right now. Everyone, just not everyone, but most of Sub-Saharan Africa, virtually everyone in South America and Central America is Catholic. You know, that's, like, 80%. That's Of the population of Catholics? Yeah. Would you go? Dude, yeah, we would go. I, we would go. We would go. Frank, you in? Frank says yes. That there, there you have it, folks. If Pope Francis asks us to go take back Europe, we probably would. But that's unlikely to happen. So don't get your hopes up. Just pray for Europe instead. <laughs> I thought you were going to say pray for a crusade. Pray for a crusade, everyone. <laughs> no, but yeah. Let's pray for Europe. Our Pope? Like... Yeah. I don't like it when people just, like, judge our popes. It's yeah. like, why aren't you just praying for them? Exactly. For their the best intentions. Like, yeah, even our like, presidents, or just anybody in I mean, government. It's like, it's or, their, they are who they are. They're yeah. not, like, you can't change it by being mad at them. So, yeah, let's do that. Deal. In the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we just thank you for... Uh, podcast we thank you for 
people listening. Anybody who's struggling in the world, Lord, during this uncertain time of this pandemic, we ask that you bring comfort to those who are uncomfortable, who are lonely, isolated, just not in a good place, Lord. Pray that you bring them to to a good place to just come into their hearts and overflow with love, Lord. Thank you for uh, the topics that we've talked about, Lord. Pray that just grant us peace through all of this as we pray. Oh my Jesus, forgive Jesus us our sins, sins save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. Amen. This is Michael. This is Spencer. Life cheers. Here. Signing off. Peace.